Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports <laughs> betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest <laughs> updates, information, and page, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This college football episode covers select games from week two of the 2022 season. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread should be for every FBS college football game and information along with each team's power rating and a graded A, B, or C pick either now or coming later for every game. It's available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. And that doesn't mean I recommend you do the same as our goal in this episode to share key information about this week's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. And as we go through the plays, remember there are no locks in gambling, so we'll give you our loves, likes, and leans indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. So Jared will also be utilizing a weighted unit scale this college football season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see will be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, week one is not even quite in the books yet. So a couple of things to note first off, um, what you're seeing in the sheet until we wrap up that Clemson game is unofficial. Some of these things may shift around a little bit. There'll be some extra calibration done. Um, Week one games, I feel like we made a lot of really good picks and a lot and a lot of picks we wish we could have back. I mean, I feel like that's the way yeah. it goes, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't even I, I don't even know where to go looking back on it. Uh, I, I I do want to say I, I want to comment real quick. I know that Jake had mentioned how much he liked Utah. We all talked about we liked Utah. Cam Rising, uh, a fun player to watch. Utah looked really good last year. I mean, this. A lot of money there towards the end of the season where we're writing them. Um, I didn't say it at the time because I didn't want to dive into that rabbit hole, especially with three people, but he made the comment about them being a dark horse playoff contender. And I really wanted to say at the time, any Pac-12 team can't be a dark horse title contender because the Pac-12 always screws it up some way. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we saw again with Utah. They were in that game. They obviously had a chance to win it, played really well, but like had they won that game that sets them up, you know, for a good resume victory over an SEC school on the road across the country. And, and that doesn't mean they can't make the playoff. Now, obviously if they were on the table, they'll be in the, in the talk, but right back to well, just, I mean, starting off always just shooting themselves in the foot. Kish can't get out of their own way with regards to making the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just year after year, they, they find a way. I, I know some, some other shows out there are like, Hey, we had the same conversation the first Saturday of, of every college football season, but the PAC 12 has already found a way to get out, get themselves out of the, the playoff. And, and so it feels like, you know, here, here we go right. again. Um, I, I guess like, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to touch on a couple of things during this, this show of what happened this past week, as we discuss some of the teams that, you know, their, their games this coming week, we'll touch on what happened last week. Um, the first thing I want to say is like James Madison, I guess every, school should just move up to FBS because this is easy. Um, you know, you can just come up here and blow out teams like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so yeah, w- welcome to FBS, James Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, North, North Texas, man, uh, I think, I think SMU might be pretty salty this year or like better than I think. Um, yeah. North Texas definitely yeah. had some, yeah. some missed opportunities in that game, but man, SMU looked really good. And I was like, 
completely right. SMU doing... I was just asking you doing to UNT what people wondered, uh, what, what I know you, you and Jake both wondered if Houston could do to UTSA, which is say a, a good American team is much better than a good conference USA team. And SMU just really putting the conference in their place. Yeah, uh, Houston not quite doing that, but SMU really, really just saying like there's a divide between these two conferences. Uh, you know, UNT a good team uh, for Conference USA, but but was yeah. really outclassed. And like you said, SMU pretty pretty solid team. Yeah, yeah. And then the clunker game of the what week was that last thing you were going to say. Well, the, the last thing I was going to say was the clunker game for the week for this entire show was the UMass and Tulane game where the we just needed one score from the middle of the third quarter on one touchdown for the rest of the game yep. would have given the professor the cover would have given me at least a push on the total uh, and we couldn't get that they went scoreless from the middle of the third quarter on the rest of the game and so we both turned out to be losers so that is the clunker of the week for the show for sure. Well, that and and I don't know what you were. I don't think you had an official pick on it, but Jake and I both starting us off with Tennessee and Ball State, and uh, on Thursday that was kind of a clunker to him having the under and me taking the points with Ball State and uh, a, a game where Ball State just if they play the same, I, I think that first half yards were like three hundred to two hundred, and Ball State was down like forty at the half. It was like yeah, it was yeah. really an impressive performance by Ball State to yeah. figure out a way to with the failed fourth downs and the turnovers just like a game that they should have been down like 17 at the half and like mm-hmm. we all would have been alive but yeah. that was also yeah. kind of a frustrating one it was. uh but yeah we'll like you said we'll talk about a lot of what happened in week week one as we get to uh those teams playing in week two but before we get to that some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you are yeah please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a fan if you know others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or jump a comment for on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. And a reminder, we've started up a Patreon page for those of you who want to support the show. Membership, membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things such as exclusive access to our Discord, where me and my co-hosts are constantly talking about plays, line movements, and general fun sports things. And both ad-free and early access to the show. That's right. All shows are now being recorded at night. So if you're a night owl, this is the way to get the shows right when they're done recording instead of the following morning. Note that I have the tentative times. Shows will be released on the website at www.pakeswithaprofessor.com slash schedule. Cousin Jared, let's get to the games. All lines courtesy Bet Online. Sign up in the show description. And current as of the time of this recording on late Sunday night. We've got two Friday games here this week. No third games. We're going to cover both Friday games here. So the rest of the episodes will cover just the Saturday games. First one here, Louisville at UCF. UCF is a six and a half point favorite at home. Louisville getting embarrassed at Syracuse, a game that um, we talked about last week with Syracuse, just kind of saying like that place is a place where Syracuse might, you know, be able to hang around and, and plays close games or wins some games and yeah. embarrassed Louisville. Uh, I, I mean, there's definitely some things to talk about with Louisville. I don't know how deep we'll get into it, but there's some question marks there. Uh, model says that UCF is a much better team than Louisville. Says this should be a 9.3 point spread, so nine or nine and a half. So it's an A grade pick for me on UCF at minus six and a half. I love that it's less than a touchdown. And if it lands right on seven, we are winners here. I think UCF most likely scenarios. 
would be winning by six, seven, or ten, and then two of those three were winners. So uh, obviously, I'd love six even more, but I'm thrilled with six and a half. I think it's a great number. I'm on UCF laying just under a touchdown. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you think about this one? Louisville, don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, they week one and they have just completely uh, gone off the rails for me. They're one of those teams where I don't think the points really matter. Like, you know, like if you think they're, they're going to win, just play them on the, the, the money line or lay a whole bunch of points with them. If they're favorites, because the points aren't going to matter. They're going to blow somebody out. They're going to lose and, and it's going to look really ugly. So uh, Louisville, yep, don't trust them at all. Uh, not going to touch them for, for uh, probably at least a month. All right, uh, one other Friday game, 9 p.m. Eastern, Boise State at New Mexico. This one, a conference game. Uh, always interesting when we get these conference games this early. Boise State should obviously be road favorites. They've got more talent than New Mexico. Nobody would question uh, that. The question is, how much should they be favored by? The model says they should be favored by about 15. The fact that we can get 17, I'm comfortable taking the points here, all 17 of them with New Mexico. It's a B-grade pick for me. Uh, it's hard to say this could ever be an A pick. I mean, if you gave me like 20, 21, it would be an A-grade pick, but I don't see that happening. You'd never know, of course. It's a lot of points, and Boise State's obviously a lot better of a team. So, I mean, like I said, unless it gets really high, it's not an A grade. But I think New Mexico's worth an investment here, getting all these points in a conference game. You'll see the total there on the screen of 46. A total this low means they're not expecting a lot of points. It's going to be hard for Boise State to win by a bunch of points if they're not scoring a bunch of points if it's low scoring. New Mexico doesn't have to score that many times to cover this one. And, and uh, Boise State, another team with question marks. I mean, both these road teams are on these Friday night games. A lot of question marks. Boise State should have an easier go of it than Louisville. But watching that Boise State team uh, against Oregon State, they, they put the backup quarterback in in the second quarter, and he, he, it was clear he was not expecting to play. This was not a rotation-type right. setup. I mean, that was, that was an early season. Like, they looked clueless, and they went to the backup, and they liked what he offered. Things got better but like that's only because yeah. they couldn't really get worse they I mean, could not get worse no it, yeah yeah and so um i have a lot of questions about boise state they took quite a hit in the power ratings new mexico apparently not terrible the you know 113th out of 131 i guess i feel like new mexico is usually like in the 120 so up to 113 yeah. is a, a solid improvement for them it is uh, obviously new mexico like it's really bad it's, it's yeah and new mexico is really bad but i mean what i saw with boise state offensively i'm concerned if they can score enough points to cover such a big number like this so give me 17 at 16 and a half i like it a whole lot less it's really that push protection on 17 17 is a fairly reasonable outcome in this game um obviously new mexico might lose by 2021 but i mean they could easily lose by 13 or 14 as well i just want to make boise state prove that they can be competent offensively because that they were the furthest thing from that uh, late Saturday night here in week one. So I'm on New Mexico plus 17 B great pick. Cousin Jared, what do you got? So my issue with this game is that, well, let me say, I, I would not be taking the points with New, New Mexico here, but I, I can't bring myself to back Boise State either. I think what I think about is uh, week two of last season, um, Boise State went and played at UCF the first week of the season. It's a hard-fought game. It was a, a, a close loss. They came back home the next week. They played UTEP. 
who UTEP was better than New Mexico, but UTEP still not a, a fantastic team yeah. by the ratings. And they just absolutely Boise State just absolutely kicked the crap out of um, UTEP at home week two last season. Um, the and, and I mean it, it was like fifty two to fourteen or something like that. The thing is, is that was coming off a close loss to a UCF team that still had Dylan Gabriel at the time, and man, Boise State just looked so bad that I feel like the mental mentality of the team is just probably not in the same spot. They were week two last season versus this season. So if I had to, I'd love, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yes. (laughs) What's going on there for sure. Yeah. So if I had to make a play, I would lay the points with Boise state. I think this is going to be one of the only opportunities. Mountain West is a, fairly tough conference. I think this is going to be one of their only opportunities to really kind of put the pedal to the floor here and really crush somebody this season. I, but I, I don't feel comfortable enough to make a, make a play on it, but because if they don't, if they don't kind of really let out all of the demons on New Mexico, when are they going to do it this season? They may not have it in them if they don't do it here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you're not wrong there. I just, I cannot help but think, like you said, last year, a close loss, a game they were in hard fought and this one, not so much. I mean, yeah. and, and Oregon state turned the ball over several times and really tried to let keep Boise in the game yeah. and they just couldn't do it. Yep. It is interesting. You know, you talk about coming into the season. We knew that Boise state had all the injury problems last year and a down season for them. And so this year it was, there are things that are going to get going better for them. You just wonder, is it possible that this year is worse than last year? Is it possible that this is a downward trend for them and, and, and the glory days are gone for Boise State? I, I mean, obviously we don't know. And we'll look back on this season, you know, in, in two months, and three months, we'll have a better idea. But, I mean, what I saw from them in week one was extremely concerning. It's the worst I've, I've ever seen a Boise team look. And I say that. Because I don't remember seeing Boise before they really rose to prominence. They weren't on television. We didn't have as many channels, right? right? I mean, we just didn't see every game like we did back then. So I'm sure Boise's looked worse, absolutely. But that they weren't on TV back then. And we didn't have the streaming services. We didn't have the internet like we do now. I mean, it's been how many years since Boise's looked this bad? I mean, I, I just can't get in my head that... that how, just how terrible they looked offensively. And that's the key to this game of winning by 17 is they're going to have to score a bunch of points. And I think New Mexico uglies this game up. I think it's low scoring. It's a really low total of 46. I I, I know I'm not going to be able to talk you into under 46 on this one, Cousin Jared, but I, no. I, I wonder <laughs> if this is a game. This is just, I know you're just like, no, the, yeah. yeah, the number's way too low. I know, I know, yeah. I know. But it feels like one of those like, the odds makers are hanging a really low total and daring you to go under because they're like, I, they know that people will take the over be, blindly because of this number. And yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm wondering if this is one of those like games that's going to be, you know, 21 to seven or something like that. And it's not even going to sniff the forties because these two teams yeah. offensively, I'm just not sure either one of them is going to be able to get it going. I, it feels like an ugly game. It feels like a game that on a Friday night puts you to sleep. If you're not out doing yeah. something with friends or family, or whatever. it feels like a game yeah. that if you were trying to watch it, you aren't going to be able to stay awake for pretty long. Yeah. Don't, don't watch, uh, speak, don't watch uh, snooze fest. Yeah. Speaking of snooze fest, uh, Saturday at noon Eastern, because uh, of Jared's new favorite team, Duke, um, <laughs> we had them all featured in this spot. 
last week um and i made the comment like i didn't really know which way to take it uh, i laid the points with duke i was like hey I, I feel a little more optimistic about him but the model said the number was pretty right um duke played very well and their defense looked really good and i told y'all i thought the number was right but cousin jared had to play and lo and behold we have the exact same scenario this week uh duke at northwestern the model says this should be northwestern minus 9.9 and this is northwestern minus 10 so another really well priced game just as last week i'll take duke uh i i, I just think there's optimism around duke i think the ceiling's higher for duke whereas northwestern i kind of think we know as good as they can be. They've won the division two of the last however four years, whatever now. Um, we kind of know what Northwestern can be. Uh, Duke obviously a, a, has been historically a bad team, but I just I think the ceiling might be a little bit higher on them. And so they might hang in this game, low-scoring game. Give me 10 points. Let's see what happens. It's not one I feel really confident on. Uh, also, I will note that as of the time of this recording, you never know where numbers are going, but there are some 10 and a halves out there. Ten and a half is a little bit more exciting grabbing that because, you know, Duke plus 10 right now, we just push if, if it lands right on 10. Uh, if it gets to 11, now you're talking about maybe a little bit more of an exciting pick as well. Um, but again, here at this number, it's kind of a pass. But I'll tell you again, the same thing I told you last week. I think Cousin Jared's got the better play on this one. He's going to talk about the total, uh, which is hanging at 56 and a half. Yeah, so we all know where I'm going with this one, guys. I'm taking the under 56 and a half here. I told you last week that, that Elko would have the defense ready to play at Duke, and sure enough, got their first shutout against an FBS team since, I believe, the late 80s. Um, so a really good defensive effort, obviously much better wow. even than, than I anticipated. Yeah, it, it was quite the feat there. Um, I, Northwestern is not Temple, is what I will say to those who may be expecting another shutout. Yeah. I, I I would I would not expect another shutout, but same thing. I, I think that the, the Duke defense is going to be ready to play, and even though uh, Northwestern kind of it seemed like the offense got going, obviously in the second half against Nebraska. Let's take it with a grain of salt, people. That's Nebraska. They're going to find a way to kind of give things away, and, and that's exactly what I think you're not going to get <laughs> with this Duke defense under Elko. They're going to be solid. Again, they're not going to have a shutout. But they're not going to may have a bunch of mental lapses and a bunch of penalties and stuff like that. So sign me up for the under 56 and a half. I think both these teams want to kind of play solid defense. I think especially Northwestern wants to, to run the ball. They don't want to have to air it out. You know, we kind of know what Pat Fitzgerald's like to do, likes to do on offense there. So I think the under 56 and a half is a great play here. Yeah, and I'm curious, uh, 56, a key-ish number, you might land right on 56. Um, you can end up with one team getting two field goals, deciding to go for two and getting it back to the touchdowns. Obviously, it could just be touchdowns. Yeah. With these, you have to assume there's going to be some field goals involved. 55, probably more more of a key number than 56. But 56 is a key number. I'm curious. Uh, I'm assuming you would tell people still to play under 56. I'm assuming still under 55 and a half, and 55 is kind of you're like, eh, you stop liking it. Is that is that right I'm, on that? Or? I would play it under 55 as well. 54 and a half is where I would start thinking okay. more critically about it. Yeah. And, and, and although to be completely fair and I completely agree with you at some point we have to make sound statistical plays. Um, I do wonder if this is the same setup as that Boise State, New Mexico game though, where if it's like, if it's not even going to sniff the fifties, uh, we yeah. talk about that sometimes on the total, sometimes the number matters and sometimes it, it doesn't matter. Right. North Carolina app state, right. Where, where I was, we've talked about the over and I was like, I think this game could get blown out, you know, in the third quarter. Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes the number doesn't matter. Right. But you want to be right. smart with your plays, but I'm, I, I agree. I think this under makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
it could, could land, you know, right on 54, 55, right? 56. But I, I do feel like getting to the 50s is going to be harder for these two teams, uh, given the styles they like to play. Uh, also at noon Eastern, Missouri at Kansas State. Kansas State is an eight-point favorite. A lot of hype around Kansas State. And I, I, I agree. I, I think Kansas State's going to be a really good team this year. Um, I'm on Missouri getting eight points. The model says this should be Kansas State minus six. Um, it's all about the number here, the plus eight. If this is plus seven, I'm a whole lot less excited about it. But at plus eight, knowing that if Kansas State wins by six or seven, which are probably the two most likely outcomes, the fact that we're winners, I think there's value here on Missouri. It's not a play I'm running to the window to make just because the fact that I think Kansas State will be a really good team. It's a tough place to play. I'm giving Kansas State a little bit more of a home field advantage than most teams. But unless you got to Missouri plus 10, plus 11, like I said, I'm not running to the window to make this, but... SEC is a good conference. I feel like Missouri can hang in there in this one. Um, like I said, I, I think Kansas State could win a close one. A lot of ways Kansas State still wins and Missouri covers this. It's a B-grade pick for me on Missouri. The game has a total of 56. Cousin Jared, what do you think? No play for me right now, but just looking at the numbers here, I might be leaning towards the over 56 in this spot. The the Missouri defense mm. has been nothing to, to write home about for at least a season and a half now. Again, we, we, we talked about it in either <laughs> one of the previous shows or last week or week zero. I can't remember about uh, Vanderbilt running all last over week the Missouri. About yeah, about yeah. the Vanderbilt, def, uh, Vanderbilt running all over the Missouri defense last season. Man, if, if Vanderbilt can do that to Missouri last year, got news for you, Kansas State and Deuce Vaughn will probably be able to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and so and the Missouri offense is, is solid. Deuce uh, Vaughn and his – Deuce Vaughn and his uh, – Yeah, Deuce Vaughn is like, a, you know, ninth year at Kansas State, it feels like. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Him and Darren, Darren Sproles both there for eight years. Um so anyway, I, I think yes. that, that this yes. game could potentially get get pointsy, and so uh, no official play for me. But if this line uh, total were to come down a little bit more, the over is kind of where my attention would be drawn to. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. Uh, the last thing I'll say about this game is that. Um, both of these teams, according to the model, in the mid-30s and 40s with regards to their rating, I think it's two teams that, if if things go their way, can have really good seasons. Missouri, it's, of course, that defense. If they can get that short up, they're going to be a pretty solid team. Kansas State, you know, with the, with Adrian Martinez now coming in to play quarterback, um, always a solid team. Um but if they can just kind of shore up a little, a couple things here and there, if things go right for either one of these teams, both these teams have the possibility of being pretty good, uh, but both of them, you know, might just end up being mediocre. And so I, I think there's a lot of variability with both of them, which makes it really interesting. Um, because Jared, you're maybe thinking about an over, especially depending on what the number does. I'm taking eight with Missouri. I think it's just too many points. Like I said, getting more than a touchdown, I think makes sense here. And, and a game that should be a good one. It should be a close one. Uh, a similar story also at noon Eastern, South Carolina at Arkansas, Arkansas, an eight point home favorite, two teams that are projected to be a little bit better quality wise, but the same story, the home team, uh, you know, a little bit better. But again, as with that one, the model says eight is too many model says more like six and a half. I'm grabbing the eight with South Carolina with a B grade play. Arkansas coming off of a huge win at home against Cincinnati. Um, I'm not saying it's a letdown spot. Obviously, it's a conference game. I, I, I very rarely try to project things like that. Uh, but more of a, you know, more of a physical game. They had to play for the full, you know, 60 minutes on that one. Might might affect things here. South Carolina, you know, took care of business in week one, like we talked about them needing to do. I just think it's too many points. I think it's a, a, a tight game. 
Uh, give me the eight points of South Carolina in a situation where I'm not sure Arkansas is as good as people who just see the score of last week's game are going to think uh, Cincinnati really shot themselves in the foot all game long. Um, Cincinnati looked pretty solid to me, and I'm not sure if that's both these teams are really good or, or, or neither of them are, are that good. Uh, but I'm just not quite so I think Arkansas saw it. I'm just not quite sold on them yet. I think they were gifted a lot of opportunities in that game. And th- there was a, 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 there's a real chance if that game happens again, that, that Arkansas loses by 14 at home. And if that's the case, I think we're viewing this game a whole lot differently. So I think eight's too many points. I think it should be six or seven uh, against some value here. Just like with Missouri, it's a big great play for me grabbing those eight points on South Carolina. Cousin Jared, what do you think? <sighs> Both of these. <laughs> Both of these teams. Okay, so what I'll say is, um, I was impressed with the Arkansas offense. They, they, they. I mm-hmm. thought they played well, and, and obviously that Cincinnati defense is still solid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was definitely thought the Arkansas, so Arkansas offense pl- played well. Man, um, South Carolina. I was expecting more from the offense this past week against uh, Georgia State. So South Carolina beat Georgia State 35-14. Spencer Rattler and, and all the Oklahoma fans. I'm sure you'll be telling us about it in the, in the comments here only average six yards per attempt uh on saturday you know through i don't think they're going to be telling us about this in the comments i think they're just going to be like sadly nodding be like yeah that that's right i told you <laughs> yeah exactly the, the two interceptions south carolina as a team only averaged two and a half yards per rush uh that includes sacks so you know but maybe, but maybe closer to hey to, you know shit. defenses in the state of georgia are historically good some parts of Georgia, maybe Georgia, <laughs> Georgia State, not necessarily known. Not you know, that one. Oh, yeah, hmm. for the for the salty defense. Right. So, I, I guess what I want to say is, I completely agree with you. If you didn't watch the Arkansas Cincinnati game closely, you could kind of be thrown off a little bit by mm-hmm. the final yeah. score of that game. But the problem is, you can look at South Carolina and really dive into it. South Carolina's defense played played good, but got, man, the, that, got the touchdown on the blocked punt, I believe. Yeah, but South Carolina's offense was not good at all and so i'm not going to back south carolina in this spot if i had to i would probably lay the points with with arkansas but you're you're exactly right there's body blow theory you know arkansas had to play you know the yeah. full game where south carolina you know at middle of the third quarter into third quarter they kind of knew the, the game was the the, the, so. the spread was in question yes. for the third quarter but i mean the game yes. really wasn't for most yeah. of it yeah once, once they got the mid, mid third quarter or whatever yeah so i would just tell you viewer make sure you do your research on this game because i think both of these games probably don't look exactly the box scores from last week probably yeah. don't look exactly yeah. how you would have thought the game would have gone in your head. So just do your research here is all I'm telling you. And it's and it's going to be a fascinating matchup because, like you said, that Arkansas defense didn't really look that good against Cincinnati. They got some turnovers and they forced some missed field goals, I guess mm-hmm. is how you'd say that. Um, but their defense didn't look very good. But, yeah, South Carolina's offense didn't look that good. So, like, what's going to happen there? And then, yeah. like you said, that South Carolina defense looked really good. Uh, you know, they're going to come out to play, but Arkansas's offense looked good. So, I mean, it's going to be a strength on strength and weakness on weakness, which is going to make for a really compelling matchup. Yeah. I, I will say I think the model's a little bit lower on both of these teams after that last week performance than maybe the viewers are. Again, I have Arkansas ranked 22nd right now, and I think most people are ready to crown them as a top-10 team at this point. And right. – Again, 22nd for them. Like I said, I'm kind of like you, like they, they weren't that impressive. South Carolina have at 36. I think people are, I think people at this point, SEC had a great weekend first week. I think people are saying all those SEC teams need to be top 25 teams. And uh, I'm kind of like, you know, not so fast. I, I think right. like, these teams are a little bit worse 
than maybe people think. Because, like you said, there were some uh, some things, some some issues underlying both of those wins. Uh, both yeah. teams got it done, but things that need to get fixed and things that absolutely can get fixed. It's early in the season, but things that we have questions about uh, going forward that. Yep. You never know how it's going to play out. Yep. Uh, one one more noon game to cover here. Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Um, if you... If you <laughs> okay. Hawaii is terrible, obviously. Um, <laughs> it all comes back to Hawaii is terrible. It all comes back to Hawaii <laughs> on this one. And, oh boy, I am so pumped to talk about Michigan-Hawaii uh, yeah. later on in the week. I think we're going to wait on, on... We may have just been talking about that before we came on we, air here. We may have. I think we're going to wait to bring Jake on that one because I, I feel like he should get involved in the action. He, he would have something fun to say, too. Yeah. Um, Hawaii is terrible, obviously. That Vanderbilt did what they did, though maybe Vanderbilt is like just a very bad SEC team and not like one of the worst ever SEC teams, right? Like, I think maybe we can all agree to that. Um, The model ranks Vanderbilt now 68th. Now, part of that is... (laughs) Part of that is, as as we've talked about, right? Like you should be mediocre just because you're in the sec and the athletes you can right. recruit. And I think the model is right. kind of picking up on that and saying what they did to Hawaii. Again, it has Hawaii. It, this was an interesting one because we have a second data point now with Hawaii where we don't have for a bunch of teams and we do yeah. for some FCS stuff, but that's not as great a data, but we have a second data point now for Hawaii. And so part of it is, you know, that was Vanderbilt going on the road and just looking pretty good. And so I think the model is kind of trying to trend Vanderbilt towards, you ought to be decent because of the conference you're in allows you to recruit at a higher level. Obviously Vanderbilt's not good, but the model now thinks Vanderbilt's just more of a middle of the pack team, which still puts them probably dead last in the sec, but middle of the pack overall, which would allow them to hang in with West wake forest, wake forest who the the model just is not really a believer in, you know, losing a lot of pieces from last year and last year, not having a defense whatsoever. Yeah. It's funny because if this game happened last year, I feel like this would be Wake Forest. Maybe they did play last year. I don't know if they did, but I feel like with last year's teams, this should be Wake Forest minus like 20. And you'd probably lay the points and just say Vanderbilt's literally never going to stop them. Um, This year, a different story. The model says on the road, this should be Wake Forest minus two and a half. It's an A grade pick for Vanderbilt plus seven for me. It's all about the number at the plus sevens and A grade, that push protection there. I have no idea what type of game is going to be played here. I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams if there's a lot of question marks on. I just think plus seven is too many on the road for a Wake Forest team that might not be as good as last year in a Vanderbilt team that might be out in. Three, four makes a lot more sense for this game. Even six, but seven just seems like way too much. So I'm going to grab the seven points of Vanderbilt. It's a great play for me. Um, just at a principle of the of the pure value play, crossing so many key numbers here at plus seven for the home team. Because uh, yeah. Jerry, what do you what do you got for us on on on, on just a, a fascinating game in my opinion? Yeah. So I don't usually call out the model like this, but I think the model is just wrong. On, on Vanderbilt, I think it's giving on Vanderbilt. Them, yeah, yeah, I think it's giving them way, way, way too much respect. So, viewer, what I would tell you is, if you are going to back Vanderbilt in this game, 
don't do it because of what the model says. Do it because Sam Hartman is still out for Wake Forest, still not sure when he's going to come back. And that Wake Forest defense last year was just mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and basically mm-hmm. in many, many as, uh, facets of the game. Um, and, and so you, you maybe you tell yourself, hey, Vanderbilt's going to be able to move the ball, control the clock, uh, you know, r- run, get three, four, five yards consistently on that defense. And that's how you're able to cover with, with this Vanderbilt number here. Me, personally, like, just in the context, we're talking about Wake Forest here. And, and what Dave Clawson has done there, I, I think, has is just really unbelievable. And so – Coupling that with the fact that I think the model is a little higher on Vanderbilt than it should be, I, I'm not taking the points with Vanderbilt here just because I have too much respect for Dave Clawson, regardless of whether Hartman's out, regardless of how bad their their defense was. I, I think that Clawson is going to find a way to, to put away this Vanderbilt team, which, again, I think the model is a little too high on. So no official play for me here. I'm just telling you if you, you want to take the points with Vanderbilt, do it because of something you see in Wake Forest and not just because of what the model's saying about Vanderbilt. I, I'm going to call my shot. I'm going to say Vanderbilt wins that right. Wow. I would be shocked. I think they went all right. I think, they I, uh, I think that Wake Forest will not be able to stop Vanderbilt. That defense is absolutely terrible. And games in Vanderbilt, I think this is the first time there's any excitement for that football team in five years ish. Yeah, I don't know, a yeah. while, a while. Yeah, and yeah. I think anything can happen. I think anything can happen. I think it's gonna be a tight game late. I'm gonna call my shot. Say Vanderbilt wins. And wow, when Vanderbilt loses by 42, um, <laughs> just remember me that I said that. Okay, I, I I will. I I'm honestly I'm too caught off guard to like make a bet on this. I will start like coming up with ideas where we can ha- like have some sort of like gruesome punishment for the loser of one of these bets. We can go head to head on this stuff. I, I'm I'm too caught off guard to do it right now. Uh, but later in the season, as we have these, I will I will come up with something for for some kind of stakes for this type of bet because I would definitely be on the opposite I'll side I'm- of you on this one. All, all I'm saying is Vanderbilt's like plus like 200 or something. I'm, I'm just saying the money line, the money line's right there. You know, yeah, it's right. going to, it's going to pay handsomely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wow. Three, three, I've, I've flustered cousin Jared, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm done. Man. I don't I'm know done how done for the rest of the show. On this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. You want to talk about this one here. Uh, 330 yeah. Eastern uh, Memphis at Navy, a Navy team. A Navy team that the model last year just hated. And Navy was bad last year, but the model hated them a little bit too much. It's like it kind of was like reacting to how bad they were, but it like overreacted just a little bit. And Navy was really, really bad, but the model was just a little bit too done on them. This year, I'm not sure that's possible. Uh, Navy looks like a, a a shipwreck. I should say a shipwreck, not a train wreck. They look like a shipwreck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Model ranks him down all the way to 114. Uh, Memphis is a six and a half point road favorite. A grade play for me on Memphis at minus six and a half. The model says it should be uh, 10.7, so 10 and a half or 11. I love this is under a touchdown. Um, 
I, this Navy team, I feel like, is heading for a really bad season. I think Memphis is going to blow them out of the water. I, I think Navy, Navy's the type of team, these triple offense type teams, when they go up against somebody who's in a, in a higher class than them, and I'm not saying that Memphis is that great. Memphis is just a middle-of-the-road team. But when they go up against a team that's better than them, that can shut that offense down, you know, Navy just goes three and out. Their defense gets tired. And, and, and I don't think that's going to be a recipe for success here with the Navy offense just going three and out left and right and uh, their defense all over the, on the field for the entire game. So I've got Memphis minus six and a half, a great play for me. Uh, I just think this is not enough points. I do not think this Navy team is any good. Because, uh, Jerry, what do you got? Navy lost to Delaware 14 to seven at home last week. Uh, I don't know what this number would have been, and I probably would have laid the points with with Memphis. Uh, so official play for me here, I'm laying the, the six and a half with Memphis as well. I, you could definitely nitpick with Memphis for sure. Like they were never really in that game yeah. against Mississippi State, no. but we'll, we'll talk about Mississippi from, State. From the opening bell, I mean. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about Mississippi State later in, in the show here, but I, I, me personally, I think that has a lot to do with Mississippi State and, and not as much to do with Memphis necessarily. I, I think Mississippi State's going to be pretty good this year. And, and I, I do have to say that, um, I mean, if, if I were somebody else in the SEC West, say like maybe Texas A&M or something like that, I'd be, I'd be, I'm more worried about Mississippi State uh, than I was maybe a, a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, so I, I think this game, I think Memphis is gonna, going to run away with it again. Navy lost at home uh, to, to Delaware. If you go back and look at Navy's season last year, the, the model, really what we're just learning from this is that the model can see the future. Because yeah, the, model, Nailed the, it. Model, the model knew <laughs> that Navy was going to be really bad. You take out the Army game last season because that was- Which was very impressive. Like, yeah, but which, yes, absolutely. Yeah, but that that game is just so you throw out the record books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They 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 beat they beat Temple. They they beat Tulsa, which is hasn't quite been in the same um, you know echelon as as Memphis has been. And, and then Navy did beat UCF last year. Mm -hmm. Navy's just UCF, gonna, UCF had a wonky season though last year. Too. They 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 really did. And Navy's just always one of those teams that's going to pop up and and beat somebody that they should. They are as bad as Navy is, they're probably still going to have one game this year that they either hang in that they shouldn't. I think they hung it with Cincinnati last year as well. Um yeah, and and Houston, they they did. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have a game like that where they hang in or they win or whatever, we're all confused, but that's yeah. partially just the style. And it's like you just you can't predict where that's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's not going to yeah. be every week. Not not and, with this team. But even those games where they hung in there, Houston, SMU, Cincinnati, all of them were seven or eight points. So, you know, even when they're hanging in there, they're not, it's not, hasn't been one or two or three points or whatever. They've still been, uh, you know, the team's been able to cover a six and a half. Because and, and, there's a reason this total's right at 49. There are no field goals in Navy games, right? Their defense right. either gets a stop or gives up a touchdown. Their offense either gets, their offense doesn't kick field goals because, I mean, you can, they're only going to get a field goal if it's like fourth and 12 from the 13th. Like they're going to get a field goal then. But like yeah. otherwise, they find themselves in fourth and shorts and they go for it or they find yep. themselves in fourth down on the, on their side of the, on the field and they punt. Like, yeah, it's just that's why they always end up losing by, by yeah. seven if it's tight. Because I, I watch this and there's going to be like five field goals in this game. But like there's just not a yeah. lot of field goals in Navy games the way they play. 
Yeah, and, and so where I'm going with this is that when you see a line like this with with Navy, don't be scared off of it because you're going to be able to lay six and a half, seven, six, something like that. You're going to be able to lay that, you know, probably three, four, or five times throughout the season with Navy. And there's going to be one game where it's going to just completely roll back in your face and it's going to blow up and it's yep. you're not going to have a chance. They're going to beat somebody they shouldn't. But yep. more often than not, you're going to cover that number with yep. Navy for all the reasons we've outlined here. So again, I have no problem. I'm laying the six and a half here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, like you just said, I really, we could have had the whole analysis of this as Navy lost to Delaware at home and then just yeah. move on with life, right? Uh, yeah. I will say, I, I looked back at after, if this game had not had happened last week, the model would have said that Memphis minus seven would have been the right line. Memphis gets mm-hmm. a little bit of a downgrade, didn't really look good against Mississippi State, just not the downgrade that Navy gets. And so, right. um, again, this is a solid look ahead line. But after what we saw last week, it's that, and that's the thing is with the models trying to help us figure out what should we overreact to and what should we not overreact to. But I mean, Navy losing home to Delaware, I feel like we should overreact to that. That qualifies. Yeah, it qualifies. <laughs> um, another one that question mark should we overreact? I honestly don't know. This one's the one that we just don't have a ton of data. You talked about it at the top, James yeah. Madison. Yeah, how do you do? I mean, just looking fantastic against a Middle Tennessee Middle Tennessee team that that we thought might have a chance to surprise some people this year. Went to a bowl game last year, won seven games last year. There you go. And and now the question is, is is Middle Tennessee, you know, not anywhere near what we thought, or is James Madison just a lot better? The model now puts James Madison more at the middle of the pack. Uh, So, I mean, a lot of questions around Middle Tennessee. Exactly how do we view them? It's it's hard to say. We'll learn a lot about Middle Tennessee and James Madison both. If you get some more games in their belt. But after one game, the model does give Middle Tennessee a ding, just not by that much, and says that you should grab the seven and a half points at Colorado State, mainly because both of these teams, the model doesn't think is very good. Obviously, we talk about uh, Conference USA being one of the weaker conferences. Almost all of the Conference USA teams are down towards the bottom of the pack. So it has Middle Tennessee State at, at 117, but Colorado State, the model has at 110. Bottom line is if both these teams are in the hundreds, unless you're talking about one of them in the bottom four, a seven and a half point spread is just too much for two bad football teams. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? But seven and a half is just yeah. too many points. Again, model says it should be 5.5. And so again, crossing two key numbers at six and seven here, uh, it's an A grade pick for me grabbing seven and a half. It's probably still an A grade at seven. It's a minus maybe six and a half is a whole lot different story because again, Colorado state, the two most likely outcomes are one by six and seven. And both of those we cashed given plus seven and a half. I love this number. I love the hook here. Um, don't really like either one of these teams. I'm, I'm down on both of them. Uh, I was hopeful for Middle Tennessee State, and they still might be a decent Conference USA team, but um, it wasn't a great showing in Week One, at least. Now, if James Madison yeah. runs the table, we'll look back and say maybe it's a different story, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's going to happen though. Because uh, yeah. Joe, what, what do you got for us on this one? Well, you know what they say: fool me once, shame on you. I'm not going to give you a second chance to fool me again. So I'm not touching. I don't think that's the quote. (laughs) Well, I actually, I actually thought about that quote when I was making this play, I was thinking, I was thinking fool me once, you know, fool me twice. It's like, I'm going to do it one more time. One more time. Well, I'm cutting myself myself off at one. I've been fooled. I'm not messing with uh, middle Tennessee (laughs) state here. And and mostly that is because I, I obviously like, we don't know anything about Colorado state at this point, new team, so many new players. And then playing Michigan last week, like, of course, Michigan was just going to trounce them. I'm, I'm not going to hold it against them that they only scored seven points. Oh, hold on, let's 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 just stop and just while we're here, and the viewers have to know why you did not play Michigan. We talked about it all week. We talked about last year. 
We mm-hmm. talked about the model being on Michigan. You even said it yourself. You were going to regret yeah. it. I mean, I feel like you owe the viewers an explanation. Well, <laughs> this is about Colorado State. This isn't about oh, okay, Michigan, okay. really. Right. Um, okay, fine. Well, well, no, the thing I'm more upset about is that if everybody goes uh, to my, my Twitter and on Friday, I had my yeah, Friday yeah. lunchtime thoughts and I said that you should be on the Michigan under. I was waiting for 62, never got there kind of hung around 61 and a half, 16 and a half. And of course the under hit. So I'm much more upset at myself for not playing the under in the Michigan game, which again, those also, when they weren't playing like Michigan state or Ohio state, those unders in the Michigan games were, were always coming through as well. Um, So I I feel dumber. But this is about Colorado state right now. I don't feel, I'm not going to hold it against them. They only scored seven. But we're just, we're just one step away for bringing up Hawaii again. So I'm just saying it's there on the table for us. It it is. It is. We'll probably touch on every show this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so no play here for you on nope. middle Tennessee. Um, I, I love, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying it a second time. I think, um, less about middle Tennessee and more about Colorado state. I just don't think they're that good. It's less about the Michigan thing. and just more about, I didn't think they were that good coming into the season and I didn't see anything against Michigan that makes me think they can be a competent football team. Um, and not that I would have expected them ever to go in and win, but I think, if they were the type of team that I was like, oh yeah, you can win by more than a touchdown for sure against another bad team. I was expecting to see at least a little bit of a pulse against Michigan, which we didn't see. So I don't think it's, I think it's about Colorado state not being very good. So I'll grab the touchdown and the hook there in that one. Uh, speaking of teams from the state of Michigan, 4 PM Eastern Michigan state is hosting Akron. Um, uh, maybe Michigan state good Akron bad. I mean, is it really like much yeah. more than that? I mean, I'm grabbing Michigan State minus 34 and a half. I'm grabbing it early in the week because I think this number is going to go up. And if it doesn't, it should go up. I, I think uh, I, I, I took uh, – and now Michigan State, um, I was questionable about last week at 22 and that one pushed. But as it dropped at 21, I said, that's a that's a bad move. I, I liked Michigan State there. They covered the 21. But both Michigan and Michigan State – I'm just sort of the same playbook as last year, which is early on in the season. They're a little bit undervalued. They're well coached. They're solid teams that are going to go out there and take care of business. I think this is kind of like the Michigan Colorado state game. I mean, I actually have Akron works right worse than Colorado state, obviously Michigan state behind Michigan, but I think it's the same sort of thing. I think this is just going to be a drubbing. Uh, I'd rather have 34, because I think 34 is a possibility here. But honestly, the more I thought about it, 34 is more of a possibility with Michigan State kicking two field goals. And I don't see Akron stopping yeah. Michigan State. I don't see them scoring field goals. I think Michigan yeah. State's going to score touchdowns or they're going to punt. I just don't – I feel like as Michigan State gets rolling, I just think it's going to be a lot of touchdowns. Michigan State, we saw last year, can get really – with the explosive big play, can get going with that. And Akron's the type of team that's going to allow that. I mean – I think Michigan State is more likely to – I'm, I'm going to go on a, on a limb here, and I'm going to say it's more likely that Michigan State wins by 36 than 34, or the same thing being more likely than by 29 than 27 or whatever the higher numbers that. I think it's more likely that Akron kicks two field goals than Michigan right. State kicks two field goals. Obviously, they could, one team could just get one or whatever, or they could each get one. But I'm just saying I think the more I thought about it, the more I'm thinking that 35 is actually probably more likely than 34, and I think 36 is more likely than 34, given who I think kicks the field goals. The model agrees and says this should be Michigan State minus 37. I'm grabbing it here. I'm grabbing it early in the week. I'm just afraid this is going to go up because in general, people tend to bet favorites as the week goes on. Not always, but more times than not. And so I want to lock this in at what I think will be a solid number. If it goes down any and we miss out, I think that's fine. I think 34 and a half is okay. I, I think Michigan State just kills them. Because, uh, yeah. Jerry, what do you think? 
Well, you know, the fight in Joe Moorhead's uh, at, at Akron, uh, I, I, I have to say they, they had a great seven-point win against St. Francis, Pennsylvania on on Saturday. I think that and, was an overtime game too, wasn't it? Uh, it was an overtime. That is correct. <laughs> and if, if this is the We college, can just stop the analysis there, right? <laughs> yeah, and if this is the college basketball podcast, wow, great seven-point win against St. Francis, Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, Akron. Yeah. That's really coming through. Uh, problem, this is not the college yeah. basketball podcast. Mm-hmm. This is the, the yeah. college football uh, show. So I, I would say, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not having a, uh, an iron in the fire on this one, but I think the professor is definitely on the right side here. Um, you know, sure, you, you would think that Joe Moorhead is going to scheme something up like the first drive. Maybe they'll be able to move the ball. But after that, it's like once they get off script, what's, what's Akron going to do against Michigan state. Right. So, and like I said, I just don't know how they stop them. I think Michigan state just scores touchdowns at will. And, and and like I said, big plays and quickly too. I I wouldn't touch this total because I have no idea if Michigan state's going to want to go out there and put up 50 or 60. If they want to, I think they can, I think it's score as quick as they want or as slow as they want. And yeah, like I said, I just think they're going to run all over them. Yep. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, Houston at Texas Tech. Uh, thrilling game last year in Houston. The return and, and, visit. And, in and let the re- yeah, let the record show I was wrong about Houston's week two opponent. It is actually week three where Kansas is coming to town. So we have to wait one more week until my okay. the thing I've been previewing for for you know the entire off season until we get that Houston uh, Kansas at Houston matchup. So my apologies. I was one week early on that on, on, on pins and needles uh, this week. Yeah. We get what should be a good game in Lubbock. Uh, yeah. Texas tech is a two and a half point favorite. The model says it should be Texas tech minus four. It's an a pick for me on the red Raiders at minus two and a half. The two most likely outcomes are tech wins by three and tech wins by four We're winners on both of those. So it's an a great play for me at three. It's a totally different story. I probably would still take, I would still, still take tech at three, but it's a pick that I think is, got a decent chance to push you. We talk about key numbers in college football. We talked about this before the quick recap being three is the most important number in football condition on the two teams are relatively close in talent. It's not the most key number in Akron, Michigan state. That game is almost assuredly not going to end at three, but in this game, three is an extremely likely outcome. Uh, you know, four is a very likely outcome as well. Seven, six also Houston can win this game, but I think, the probability that Tech wins this by one or two, not very high, not impossible. We saw Houston win by two last week, so it is on the table. But I'll lay the two and a half here with an A grade pick for Tech. Uh, again, drops to a B grade pick really at three or three and a half, depending on where the number goes. But on the right side of three here, I think you got to take the home team. These two teams are pretty evenly matched to, you know, both teams that if things start going right, could see themselves in the top 25 uh, as is, I think they're on the outside looking in for that discussion, but, but the two teams that got some possibilities, got some potential um, two teams that by the end of the season could diverge. And we could see one of these teams being a yeah. top 25 team and one of them being more in the middle of the pack in the fifties and sixties. Uh, so some question marks for sure. But I mean, at this point, I think right now we have to say our best guess is that they're pretty evenly matched. Give me the home team. Lubbock is one of the toughest places to play in. The travel is brutal out there in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. The fans are rabid at by 4 PM East by 3 PM local time. Everybody in that city is going to be drunk. That's no offense if you live (laughs) in Lubbock, but I mean, that's, the joke around these parts. I mean, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere, not as much as the Nike, but it's still going to be pretty raucous yeah. out in the desert there. Uh, give me the home team here lying two and a half, uh, a great play for me on tech. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you think? I've, I, I, I just feel like I need to get that out of the way. I'm more of a flour tortilla guy. And, and so, you I, know, same, I, same. I, so I get, get rid of the corn. I, if they're throwing yeah. tortillas at me, I want it to be the flour. Same. Um, yeah. 
So went <laughs> lost my bet best my best bet last week laying the four points with with Houston against UTSA. Who cares? That was a great game. That was well it was. worth. That was well worth the, the cost of losing my best cost bet. of admission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get a great <laughs> game like that, so that was perfectly acceptable. Um, this this is one of those things where like I almost want to stick to my guns here. If this were three, ironic talking about the Red Raiders sticking to my guns. Ha, ha, ha. Um, it, I would almost want to take the three points with with Houston here, just because I, I still that that game really the the two and first two and a half quarters. I I, I don't want to say it's going to define somebody's season. So I I don't my mind on Houston hasn't exactly been changed yet. Um, but what has changed in my mind after last week is um, the Texas Tech offense. I think is going to be back to the Texas Tech offense that that we saw in the late late nineties, early to mid two thousands, and then with Cliff Kingsbury there, it could be just a whole lot of fun. Zach Kitley is the offensive coordinator there of formerly of Western Kentucky with Bailey Zappi and both former of Houston Baptist where they were just throwing the ball around and putting up tons of points and guess what he goes to Texas Tech and what they do uh you know last weekend they throw the ball around put up tons of points yeah it was against a a, a not good team but they ended up throwing for like 460 yards as a team or something like that so um their their starting quarterback did get hurt but the backup came in and threw for like 275 yards or something like that because that's what Texas Tech quarterbacks do. That's now. been Again. that's been like our whole our whole lives. I feel like that's what Tech has done. Exactly. So my favorite play here, and it's not there yet. Um, if this total gets down to sixty five, which I don't know if it will, but if it gets back to sixty five, I like the over sixty five here. It opened at sixty four quickly jumped up to 66 and a half. There are a few places where it's 65 and a half. Um, there is one 64 and a half out there. I believe at FanDuel last time I checked, uh, if, if, if you have access to FanDuel, I can get the over 64 and a half. I heartily endorse that. Um, but the, the one that I'm definitely eyeing here is the over. And if you can get it at 65, that would be the play that I would make. Usually when cousin Jared recommends an over, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think yeah. the only thing I'm going to say to that one is, Humph. Uh, Houston over. I feel like I yeah. feel like I'm missing something here. I, I don't I don't know what to do with that. Uh, yeah, Tech obviously bringing in a good offensive coordinator. What I will say also about Tech, uh, a former Baylor assistant there, and Joe McGuire is the head coach, a, a defensive mastermind. And so I think that Tech defense is actually going to be pretty solid. Now it may take a couple years for the recruits to get there. Um, I think I think it's I would just as a side note I think it's phenomenally interesting that the University of Texas um, flagship university in the state um, can't seem to find a competent head coach and little old Baylor up the road um, yeah. finds Art Bryles who's a fantastic coach less so as a human being so that aside on the football field yeah, did, it, yeah. did wonders and produced a lot of assistant coaches who also knew their stuff football wise yeah that whole thing happens and 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 rightfully the university moves on from him it brings in matt rule who does a fantastic job um, before moving on to the NFL and now bringing on another coach who's already having now guys being poached by university. I just think it's fascinating. I don't want to get us too off course here, but it's just fascinating that Baylor somehow lucks into all these coaches who can prov- provide coaching trees, whereas Texas can't seem to find a head coach. It, it, it's kind of wild to me. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and 
you could even take it a step further uh, with, you know, UTSA getting Jeff Trailer, which obviously like Texas right. is never going to hire a guy like like right. Jeff Trailer without that pedigree. Right. But, you know, UTSA can find Jeff Trailer. Uh, I yeah. think I think Tech did a great job with McGuire. SMU going out to Dykes and then TCU. Yeah. UTEP, UTEP getting Demo. Demo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, TCU saying, hey, look, SMU did it right next door. I'm just going to take their coach. Like, right. you, you see so many creative and innovative and smart decisions being made by all these universities yeah. in, in Texas with regards to their football program and and, and Texas. You know, yeah. like, you, you, you can't say at the time that those hires were bad necessarily, but it's just, you know, a, a combination of maybe not wonderful hires and then just completely not panning out. It's just, you're right, it's crazy. Yeah, some some uninspired hires. Uh, I I just I, I will never forget watching uh, the Charlie Strong coach Louisville teams, and that was of course when uh, I've lost his name now. What's his face? The Heisman winning quarterback was there at Louisville. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson was after Strong. Like was after him? Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure he was there for one of those years. I just remember okay. why I it, I think it was one of those years, or maybe it was the quarter before. I just remember the Charlie Stone that last year when he was really good before he went to Texas and being like, man, this is all about the quarterback. This coach is clueless, but he's sure got a quarterback. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. Texas being like, we want that guy. And, and I'd be like, he had a quarterback, but I don't know if he had much more than that. Right, uh, right. You're looking up right now, thankfully. I I, I, I I am looking looking it up. I, I don't I, have uh, – not sure how quickly I'm going to be able to get you an answer here. <laughs> um, anyway, on that one, well, yeah. well, he's looking up. I'll just recap real quick. Again, I'm, I'm on tech minus two and a half. I, like I said, I think the home team here makes a lot of sense. Because uh, I'm thinking about an over if it drops low enough. I, I, I do agree the tech offense looks a lot better right now. Um, I think their defense is going to come around and be pretty strong. I just don't know when it will be. Um We'll find out a lot this week. It should be a really interesting game there in Lubbock. Uh, moving on to the next one here, also at the same time, slot 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Iowa State at Iowa. And talking about last week, Iowa. I mean, do we need to say any more than just that? Um, one of the teams took one of the biggest beatings in the power ratings based off of trying to lose to a fairly mediocre FCS team, a decent FCS team, but not like no. a top one. No, um, not, not against a team that went to the big 10 championship game last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a game that we were one play away from it either being four to three or five to three, both of which would have been incredible scores. I don't care which scores taken away. I just want one of them taken away. So this game could have been four to three or five to three. Um, yeah. I'm confused at this line. I think I'm confused at this line every year. And sometimes it's on yes. either side. Yes. But this line always confuses me. It's always one of my most confident plays. I, I'd have to go back, but I feel like in the last 10 years, I'm like 80% on this game. They're always weird lines. Yeah. And they're always like, what are people seeing that I'm not seeing? It's because they're always two weird teams. They're, and they're always two weird always teams. Weird. <laughs> they are weird for sure. Um, I, the model thinks Iowa State's a better team than Iowa right now. So getting three and a half on the road is a gift. It's an A-grade play for me. Iowa might win this game, but if they do, they might win it seven to three and then we don't cover. But I'll yeah. take my chances with that and say that Iowa uh, winning by more than a field goal doesn't seem very likely. It's an A-grade pick for me on the Cyclones. Um, model says this game should be basically a pick em. And, and I tend to agree that, you know, the game's still in Iowa, which still matters. And, and Iowa's still probably not a terrible team. I mean, sleepwalking last week, blah, 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 who knows. But I mean, 
I, 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 I don't see how you can. To me, if you're to me if you're laying three and a half with Iowa, you're just like throwing, like just flipping the bird to last week and just being like that meant right. nothing. And I'm like, I'll tell you, it means something. It's not the. Yeah. It's not everything if that game in everything i would say this should be iowa state minus 35 right so it doesn't mean everything but it means something that how bad iowa looked and, and it wasn't just a score it just the the, the offensive output that wasn't yeah. for iowa yeah. i don't understand this i don't understand this total 40 and a half this total should be in the 30s this should not start with a four <laughs> period yeah and i know that this is college yeah. football but this total should not be in the 40s like I, no i i, I don't we now that we now we know that there is like a limit on the whatever you know formula application that the books use to set totals for football games. There's a limit. It's apparently it's, 40 and a half. it's apparently forty and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. They cannot cannot go lower than that. Yeah. We know that. I, I yeah. I, I I would look under on this one as well. I, a great pick for me on the Cyclones again, getting three and a half. Uh, I would look money line plus plus odds. This feels a lot like the Iowa. I mean, Iowa, the, the Illinois all the high schools, Illinois, Indiana game from Friday, yeah. where if the refs could call a touchdown or the review booth could call a touchdown, that was correct. Illinois wins that game. We yeah. still pushed at plus three, but the same sort of situation we were getting plus odds. I also think money line makes a lot of sense though. Um, either, again, either points or plus odds. This is a coin toss type game, but given what we saw from last week, I just, it, you know, maybe Iowa run goes out and scores 20. And if so, hats off, but I don't see how they get to 20. Yeah given that yeah. they couldn't score a touchdown against, again, a, a, a mediocre FCS school. Iowa State's yeah. pretty decent. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Cousin Jared? Uh, so, yeah, so many thoughts on this game. We'll go to a bad place first, and then I'll, I'll save us and, and bring us back <laughs> from the depths here in a second. Right. I'm not going to say anything about this game. I don't have a play on it. Can, does anybody have a friend that's a lawyer? Because I need to know about the nepotism laws in Iowa specifically, because Kirk Ferentz's son is his offensive coordinator. And you tell me mm. another reason why the Iowa offensive coordinator hasn't been fired at this point. I mean, it is just, mm. and, and you know, got, got to steal, steal shamelessly from the, the Andy Staples show. Cause Andy Staples referenced this on his latest show. He, he played at Florida under Steve Spurrier. And um, you know, they, he, he said that sometimes a player would make a bad play and he would come back to the sidelines and Steve Spurrier would say, son, don't worry. That's not your fault. That's my fault for having you in there. And so at this, point i feel like that's just kind of where we're at with the iowa offensive situation like i don't know how else this is like the shadiest situation in all of college football with iowa having this awful offense and it being the head coach's son like yeah this is just super shady anyway that's the end of for, the hold on for the record as a legal disclaimer we are not claiming that anybody is breaking any laws uh <laughs> this is not libel please don't sue us uh but if but if you want to tell us how maybe some laws are being broken, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm gonna bring us back from this dark place now. Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback at Louisville. Oh, okay. While, that was the one. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Again, yeah. I was thinking it was like some awesome quarterback who just yes, which makes sense because Bridgewater was drafted highly in the NFL. So yeah, yes, and, and and he was just running around like crazy, and I just remember the yeah. questionable decisions from yep. the coach, but I mean, he just saved him because he was incredible yeah. and uh, he didn't have that Texas. And now we've really, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Good night times. games, here. Yeah. <laughs> seven o'clock Eastern uh, Kentucky at Florida. Uh, great one by Florida uh, yeah. beating Utah. Yeah. Uh, this number is five and a half right now. It's an A grade pick for me on Kentucky at plus five and a half. The model says that Kentucky's a better team than Florida. Model has Kentucky ahead of Florida. Model says this should be a pickle. 
I, I would rather have six. I wish I was getting six. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see why we would get six. As we talked about, gosh, we're going to go down all the rabbit holes here for however, like all, all the five viewers who are left with us, uh, how little closing line value means, how the closing lines are, are on average worse. And I got, you know, two and a half percent or whatever closing line value in week one and how little that actually got us. Right, right. Um, so that aside, bottom line for me is I can't see why this number would go to six. Like, I just don't see how you're betting Florida minus five and a half. I, I mean, maybe the allure of like, oh, look, I get to lay less than five and a half, but it like also matters who's playing. And we'll talk about that. Uh, and the last game that we cover with Mississippi State, Arizona, like you can't get too focused on key numbers. At some point you have to talk about like how much you think they're going to win by. And right. if this was four to minus three, again, the model would still say grab the field goal with Kentucky and I would too, but at least I understand laying three, having that push protection mm-hmm. there. I don't understand why you think Florida is going to win by this much. I was on Florida last week with a B grade pick. Contrary to what Jake was on here saying, I think cousin Jared, I think you were scared of the Florida pick as well. So I was on Florida last week and I'm high. That's the thing I want to make sure people understand. I would, I'm high on Utah. And I still picked Florida, and now I'm picking Kentucky. This isn't about like uh, I hate one of these teams yeah. or whatever. This is about this number's too high. Kentucky's a solid team. I do think that Kentucky probably not quite as good as last year's team, but I think all these SEC teams are all pretty solid, pretty close to each other. A lot's going to be about the schedule. Florida might absolutely win this game, but the, they might win by three. They might win by four. You know, and five and a half wins. So again, I'd, I'd love to see a six. I just I can't see why people would bet unless it's funny money moving the line around, which who knows why people yeah. would bet this up to six. Um, I, you never know, but it seems crazy to me again. Model thinks this should be, you know, Florida minus a point or something like that. I can see Florida minus three. I don't think that's a crazy number, but you also have to remember Kentucky basically had a bye week in week one, uh, get, got to pull all their starters, you know, after about the midway point of the third quarter, uh, you know, take plays off, whatever, start cycling guys in. That game was out of, you know, not in contention. Florida, obviously, again, like you said, the body blow theory, playing a hard one there, coming off of that. I'm not saying they're going to sleepwalk this. This is a big game for Florida, absolutely. Uh, I just think five and a half is too many. And Florida may win by six or seven, but I think they may also win by three or four. And Kentucky might go on the road and win. Uh, I'm not as confident in this one as I am in Vanderbilt, though, getting that W, but I think Kentucky might win this game. Uh, a great pick for me at Kentucky at plus five and a half. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you think? Well, what I would what I would say first of all, uh, you know, join our our uh, Patreon and, and get access to our Discord, where I am kind of discussing some of the the opening lines as they come out as I'm able to. This line did open at six. You were getting the six with Kentucky early. Some people here may have been able to grab it at, at six. I'm about to say, I remember they, there's a message in there. You're like, Kentucky six, grab six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now down to five and a half. I, li- I like it a lot less at, at five and a half, obviously. Um, I am going to kind of stick with, with my guns here. And I am going to take the under 52 in this game. Um, we, I, we've talked a lot about Kentucky and, and how I am and not super high on their offense this year. And th- they went under their last game. We played under 55 with them against Miami of Ohio. It ended up getting to 50, but the only reason they got to 50 was they had a kickoff return for a touchdown and Miami had a turnover like really deep in their own territory. Uh, Kentucky was right, right after that. Yeah. The, the first, it was the first minute of the, th- of the third quarter. Kentucky got yeah. Points. Yeah. And we, that, like, so this came to the mid thirties. 
Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. 14, 14 points in, in one one minute there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and that game still easily went under the the 55, maybe not comfortably, but they never really threatened the score there in the second half of the fourth quarter. So I'm sticking to my guns on, on that. I think that the Kentucky offense is still a little bit overrated, and I think a uh, huge opportunity for Florida to come out a, a little hungover after that performance against Utah. I know those games at home, that definitely helps them, um, but I can see them definitely getting to a slow start. Full disclosure, Anthony Richardson could be, I mean, not could be, he looked amazing. And he is the type of player that could just one single-handedly blow up and and under uh, at a number like 52. Um, So, you know, but, but, but that Kentucky defense, I think is good enough to limit the damage. You're never going to completely shut down a guy of that caliber, but you can limit the damage. And the Kentucky defense is one that can, that can do that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. They can. I'm just telling you, as somebody who likes to play <laughs> unders, there yeah. are certain players that just give you, just you watch out heartburn. Yeah. yeah. And it just makes it super uncomfortable. And he definitely could be one of those, one of those players. So I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm going with the under 52. I think that there's going to be value on the Kentucky totals here at the beginning part of the season, at least either until the, the book's correct or Kentucky gets things rolling, which is completely possible. Um, again, at, at six, I think it's a really tough decision for me to choose between taking the points and taking the under. Uh, but at five and a half, I, I'm going to stick with the total and take the under 52. I want to talk real quick too about um, Billy Napier uh, coaching at Florida. <clears throat> a guy who well-revered for what he did for uh, Louisiana at the end of the Utah game, playing things extremely conservative by deciding to basically forego the possibility that his team didn't score a touchdown, burn more clock, and basically gave it where if they didn't score a touchdown, the game was over. Um, as opposed to pushing it and saying, if we don't score a touchdown, we still have to then pin deep, can call our timeouts, etc. I also have to wonder about your underplay if that conservative nature also lends itself more to yeah. a lower scoring game because he's not he's one that's more like I'm going to take my one shot and the guy who's going to take his one shot and that's it isn't looking yeah. for a lot of shots on goal tends to be more of an under situation so I think that's kind of an extra side note there to go along with uh, with your thinking there in the under fifty two well and, and really to get us way sidetracked here it's it, that is the case but sometimes it just doesn't um, it doesn't present itself the way that you think it does because I took the over in the the Ole Miss Troy game and the things that I mentioned was uh, you know. Ole Miss being inexperienced together, having to keep the starters in longer, they'll play longer, they'll score more points, and Troy will not have incompetent coaching anymore and will be more aggressive. And all of those things happened. Ole Miss's offense played almost the entire game together. Troy was going for it on fourth downs, and there were still stupid things that happened that yeah. just completely blew all of that up. And, and so that's one of those things that you definitely keep in mind, and I think more times than not, it's going to work out well for you. But there's just some times where it just makes no sense, and it doesn't, doesn't matter at all, and that's just part of this, this sports betting thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and I think, and I think again, now I'm going to take us even one step further, then we're going to come back. But I do think that that sort of thing happens more in football because the fact that when you score, you score lots of points at one time. Whereas in a sport like basketball and a sport like baseball, it, it, it tends to be a little bit less magnified, or at least in baseball, right, it's magnified. Right. You have so many games to overcome that. Right. Uh, whereas in football, you don't. Um, but I was thinking about that this weekend that it, it is, that's why it's really important to, 
you don't have to watch every game, but at least important to look into the box score, look into the turnovers, look into the yards, look into that sort of stuff, because you have to figure out when you've won because you got lucky and you should change your thinking versus when you've won and you nailed the handicap and you should carry right. on when you lost because you got unlucky and you shouldn't deviate because things played out like you thought and it's going to yeah. work out versus when you lost and you just missed the handicap and all of those four yep. things happen and trying to figure that out is very important, especially early on in the season, because it's really important early on in the season. I hear people say all the time, just a, a quick little betting nugget here. I hear people say early in the season, I hear a lot of, don't be afraid to change your mind on a team early on. And I completely agree. You shouldn't be afraid to, but you also have to figure out when you should stick to your guns and say, no, I'm seeing this correctly. It's just not playing out right. But my opinion is right. The game just start playing out that way. Because if you change your opinion too much, you just overreact. You're just a, you know flip-flopping all over the place. You're going to find yeah. yourself on the wrong end of a lot of things. So you have to figure out, and it's tough. That's why I built the model to try to help us figure out who we should have strong opinions on and who we should react to quickly and change our, our opinions on. Right. That's, that's right. a tough, tough thing here. Yep. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, Syracuse talked about them at the top, uh, looking really good at home against the Connecticut team that um, ranked 121st. UConn. <laughs> that is a step up for sure. That is a massive step up. I mean, yeah. congrats to UConn for not being like in the final four. Uh, yeah, the worst yeah. teams in football. Still obviously very bad. The model says this should be Syracuse minus 22.3. It's a solid 4% edge here on uh, the orange. I, I know that Syracuse had a big win, a conference game there early on, but I, I just think that as, as good as UConn has looked, I still think there's a ceiling to how good they're going to be able to be uh, this year. I think Syracuse is a solid team. Uh, 19 and a half is not low enough. It's an A grade place specifically because the key numbers that we're crossing that we're always talking about across is yeah. two extremely key numbers of 20 and 21. If you wanted to make this a B grade pick, I think that's fine too. This just feels like a game that I'd rather play the third unit now ahead of time at 19 and a half, knowing that we're on the right side of 20 and 21 and see how the number moves. There's a decent chance this number gets bigger. Again, people tend to play more favorites throughout the week. And if that's the case, and this number gets up to 20 and a half, 21 and a half. You have the opportunity to go for a middle buyback out of some of it, maybe not all of it. You just got options on the table. So this number may sit here. It may go down. You never really know. I'm not trying to predict that, but I think 19 and a half is too low. And I'd rather get that third unit down. And then we've got options throughout the week, depending on exactly what happens. Again, knowing that we're barely on the right side of two really likely numbers for this game in 20 and 21. Total of this game is 51. Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? Syracuse is one of those teams where you will never get me to lay this many points with Syracuse just because you never know. Even against get. UConn. <laughs> Even against UConn in this in this situation, mm. yes, I, I would not. Just because UConn uh, didn't look like the 127th uh, mm. worst team against Utah State, which who knows, you know, what do you know about Utah State after? Also, Utah State, I mean, yeah. I, like, I don't want to get side too strong on this one, but Utah State, uh, yeah. I'm not surprised that Alabama Throttled beat them, them. And, co and, yeah. co and covered. I'm not surprised. The way they did that, I mean, Utah yeah. State, yeah, maybe that says more about Utah State than we thought it did. We thought at the first it said something about UConn. Maybe it doesn't say anything about UConn. Maybe yeah. it says more about Utah State. Yeah, but where, where I'm going with this, I don't trust Syracuse as far as I can throw them. And I think that with Jim Mora being at UConn, I think if, at the very least, in, 
in his first season. Like maybe he's just like every other coach that's been through there where ultimately it's just like you, you just kind of throw your hands up and, and you're not going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish just because it's such a tough place. But I think everybody's still playing really hard and buying into what he's, he's selling at this point. So this to me seems like ripe for a backdoor cover where Syracuse gets up 24 points and UConn scores a touchdown with three minutes left in the game or something like that. Um, so again, people, I would probably tell you do as the model does. Don't do as I do. I have a hard time laying numbers this large, even with, yeah, with some sure. bad teams some, sometimes. Um, but this just seems like a spot to me where I feel like there's lots of ways where there's some sort of weird, crazy cover at the end of the game that just infuriates you. And you wonder, why did I lay 20 points with, with Syracuse? Given that it's Syracuse, it's very possible. Um, yeah. Also, UConn can lose any game by 40. And I don't think that is true. Surprised. That is true. That on the yeah. table too. So yeah. uh, 7.30 Eastern start time. Georgia Southern at Nebraska. Um, I want to hear what the professor has to say on this one. Okay. Okay. Here you go. Uh, Georgia Southern, not terrible. Nebraska, also not terrible. Horrible. Why is this a 21 and a half point spread? I mean, my goodness. The model says 10.7. Um, Nebraska, like, was, like, tied with North Dakota, like, in the third quarter, I believe. Mm-hmm. North Dakota is not good. In in North, this is North Dakota, not North Dakota not State. Dakota State. North Dakota State, very good. Very North, good. Dakota, yeah. North Dakota State would be ranked like ahead of like forty <laughs> teams, probably. In it, you know, yeah, yeah. Given what we saw with James Madison, maybe more than that, right? Yeah. Um, North Dakota, not good. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, uh, this is. I you know Nebraska. How about this? How about this? Nebraska <laughs> plays Vanderbilt on a neutral, neutral field. Uh-huh. Who who wins that game? I mean, I think I mean I, th- I still think Nebraska wins it. Okay, so but you're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you are 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 you are you uh, are, have you is that your pitch? Have you have you sold me or do you my, my okay? Yeah, my my pitch is my pitch is the model has Nebraska at sixty two, and I don't think that's crazy. I don't think Nebraska is very good. I think they're just a middle of the road team at this point. Yeah. Um. I, I think they like a lot of teams in that division of the big of the Big Ten might accidentally win the division because none of them are very good. But I just don't think Nebraska is very good. Georgia Southern is ranked in the top hundred. Um, I don't think they're very good, but I mean, they're 30 spots behind them and you just cannot convince me that a difference of 30 teams in the middle of football, yeah, of middle, college football yeah. at, the, at the very top and very bottom. Absolutely. Like, you know, very top to bottom, yeah. very top 30 teams, you know, when you talk about Alabama or Georgia versus a team, not in the top 25, 21 and a half points at home. Sure. But in the yeah. middle the teams clump up, I, I just, I think Georgia Southern's got a pulse. Um, I just don't think Nebraska is good enough to be favored by 21 and a half hook here yeah. is what gets me. Uh, again, the model says it should be 11. Now 11 is probably too low. If it was 11, uh, I think that's, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that, but, but honestly yeah. at 14, even at 14, I'd consider taking Georgia Southern. I just don't believe in Nebraska at this point. I have no idea where their heads are at. I have no idea where their coaches yeah. heads are at. Who's updating their resume at this point. Yeah. That is just a disaster. And we saw it last week against North Dakota, like 21 and a half is acting as if we have no data from Nebraska this season. And if we yeah. had no data from this season, I would say sure, but we have data for this season and it's somehow worse than last year was. So, yeah. so 21 and a half is just a crazy number for me. Well, so it's an angry you, pick for me grabbing all these points. And even if you just look at like the last six quarters that they've played, take out the first half of, of the game against Northwestern. I mean, what does that, what does that do to it? If you just it's look even, at those, last it's even six worse. Quarters. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, so this, this, okay. Uh, this line just seems like way weird. Like something's going on here. And so the, what I will equate this to is I will equate this to, and, and, and in this scenario, I, I probably miss a, a good number here with a 21 and a half. And so I'm will upfront tell you that this is probably going to cost me, but I would look at this similar to how I looked at the Buffalo, Maryland line from this past mm. week, where it was one of those things where the model was like, Hey, this is an A grade play. This is a huge edge. You get, you got to make this. And it, to me, it almost seemed too good to be true. I was able to like cross reference it with some other projections that are out there, do some more research throughout the week. And you say, okay, yeah, maybe the, the professor's model here is a little bit higher on, let's say, Buffalo than the others, but it still crossed so many key numbers, even if it was off by a little bit, that it was a play that you had to make. So I find this being and the Buffalo same won, which was exciting. Yeah, they did. They, they covered. And, and, and so yeah, this is one of those things where it's the it's the same thing. I'll probably do the same thing this week. I'll compare this number to some of the other stuff that's out there and stick around later in the week on one of the shows here. I'll kind of give us an update on, on where we're at. And if it's the same thing where there's multiple other systems out there, all the other information I have is saying the same thing. Maybe it's not the exact same thing, but still crossing a lot of key numbers. Then I will, I will make that play, but it's just one of those things where this seems so fishy and, and off that it's something that I'm just, you know, on a Sunday, on a Sunday night after these lines have just been out for a few hours, I'm not, I'm not jumping at this yet just because it's, seems too good to be true i'm going the other direction i'm jumping and saying you gave me the hook let's do it i'm in i'm biting hard all right last one for this show a late night game uh should be an interesting one in the deserts 11 p.m eastern mississippi state at arizona an arizona team that's jumping a lot after a convincing road victory at san diego state a san diego state team that we thought would be decent this year obviously a group of five teams so not one that we thought was you know automatically top 40 but a decent team one that had a solid defense from a year ago christening the new stadium at home and arizona just went in and thumped them and because you yeah. talked about it you thought you were a little bit higher on arizona yeah. than most and i said i agreed i just still was thinking it's like a two and a half win total for a reason um the way arizona is looking right now you got to really like your chances if you took that season over on that win total because um they're looking Again, competent. Model still has them ranked 83rd. So Model still says, again, the Pac-12 is barely a Power 5 conference anymore. And they're still towards the bottom of it. They're still going to struggle in their conference games. But again, a team that had a respectable showing uh, for sure looked really good in that first game. Against Mississippi State, who the Model, lo and behold, ranks them 10th now after that impressive beatdown of Memphis in the team you also were high on as well. You, you like Mississippi yeah. State from the very start. Uh, the Model as much as it has given Arizona a boost from last week still says Mississippi state is by far the better team model says it should be Mississippi state minus 16. So minus eight and a half is an a grade play. It's a massive edge uh, on Mississippi state. Of course, road game that's taken into account by the model benefit here, road game at late night, as opposed to early in the day, players body clocks do better later rather than earlier. If this was the other situation where Arizona was going to Mississippi state playing at, you know, 11 a.m. or something, that's a whole lot worse. So this travel shouldn't be as bad. Um, eight and a half is kind of a dead number. It's not really close to anything key. But as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you got to stop thinking, overthinking key numbers. You, you can't yeah. you can't not look at that. But sometimes you got to stop thinking about it and just say, how much do you think they're going to win by? And Mississippi State, you know, even though eight and a half is not really close to a key number, I think if you're holding out for seven, I think you're greedy. And mm -hmm. I think you need to take a good hard look in the mirror and just – 
be happy with what you got. And the fact you only have it to lay an eight and a half here, I think you should be happy with that because I really think this yeah. number should be well over 10. Again, I think yeah. model says 16, uh, 13 or 14 would be a whole lot better of a number for this one. Uh, even 10 or 11. The fact that the fact that it's, it's single digits and nine, not really a key number, but like games do finish on nine, you know, more yeah. likely to be nine than, than, than one, two or five. Right. So, I mean, yeah, nine on the table. And, and if they were my nine more winners, of course, like I said, 10, 11, 13, 14, 17. I mean, uh, Mississippi state, Arizona much better, but Mississippi state is just in a, not just in a different class. They're like multiple class jumps ahead of Arizona. I'm yeah. all over Mississippi state here, closing this out late night, Saturday, uh, hopefully with an easy winner. Hopefully they run away with this. Hopefully they're by 30 by the half. And then we can all just go to bed and, uh, assume that we'll wake up with more money in our accounts than the night yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, Cause what, what do you got for us on this one? Yeah, I got, I got a lot of thoughts on this one. Uh, first thing I would say is yes, I was higher on, on Arizona and let's just say that the model still is underestimating Arizona because of all those priors where they have, where they were yeah. apparently a much worse football team than, than they are now. Um, but what I would say to that is that, even if Arizona is, let's just say, two points better than what the model says, you're still looking at a projection of, you know, two touchdowns. They 14. should be, uh, you know, they should be favored by, you know, getting 14 points or so. And so there's still tons yep. of value there, even if you think that the model hasn't caught up with Arizona. Um, but I mean, I'm super excited that Arizona was good. It makes me look smart. Um, there you the go. Other, the other thing I would say about Mississippi State, and, and the reason that that I'm a little bit concerned as a, a fellow, uh, you know, another team that's in the SEC West here with with AM, um, I. I mentioned that I thought that if Mississippi State was going to have a good season, I think it's because their defense was going to be good. The Mike Leach offenses at Mississippi State have been inconsistent. Like they haven't. I was hit them. Yeah, they they they've just been a little bit. Every once in a while, they look pretty good, and every once in a while, they they look really like they disappear for stretches. Yeah, and, and you know, a perfect example was this Memphis game last season where it was just up and down, crazy. A team that they had a lot more firepower than Memphis, but let Memphis stay in the game. Um, and not what just, happened. Not what not, happened yesterday. Not what happened. And plenty of people talked about it. Will Rogers, Thirsty's third season in Mike Leach's system. All the quarterbacks that have been in uh, Mike Leach's system for like three years. It's like this ridiculous list of like Cliff Kingsbury and Graham Harrell and Luke Falk, like all these players that are, you know, all over the record books of college football. And, and so I you talked, if, you talked about this last week. The, yeah. The, and, and if, if Rogers is going obviously maybe not to the level of those three players, but if he is going to take that type of step forward with this offense, and I, I, like I said, I think Mississippi state has a good defense. I think this is going to be a, a team to, to reckon with. So for me, I, as much as it pains me to go against a team that I've been high on in Arizona, this is one of those things where I just think Mississippi state is in a completely different class than Arizona, a different class mm -hmm. than what San Diego state was last week. And oh, I yeah. think that they're going to be able to, to handle this game pretty easily. So I am laying the eight and a half points. And you mentioned a dead number. This is not going to seven. Like don't, 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 try, don't try to convince I, yourself. I, that's what I, said. I think it's, I think you're, I think you're greedy if, I, if that's what you're hoping for. Like, yeah, like this could go to 10, maybe even like 11 and it wouldn't surprise me. So just take the, and half while you can and put it in your back pocket and wait for Saturday. And, and it's talk about sometimes every once in a while we're wrong on these or the number goes yeah. towards the model, you know, two out of three times, three out of four times, whatever. So I mean, every once in a while it goes the other direction, but yeah, I'm like you, I would, if this number closes at 10 or 11, I, I, I still think I would lay 10 or 11. Uh, mm -hmm. I think 13 or 14 are the two most likely outcomes in this game, but uh, I would be like, yeah, that at least makes sense. We're going in the right direction as opposed to if this goes down to seven, I would just be floored. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Rogers, may be able to take a step and join the ranks of those quarterbacks with regards to talent. 
maybe not with regards to the production because the conferences yeah. are playing in, but I do think that's an right. important note. Like I absolutely think that he can become as good as those other quarterbacks were, but yeah. playing in a completely different scenario because the, the big 12 now has a couple defenses every once in a while here now, but the, some of those big 12s you were talking about before and, and the pac 12, we were talking about uh, Leach at Washington state, right? Right. The teams that are playing there are a whole different caliber. So absolutely. I think Rogers has a chance to become as good as those guys. Just, you won't see it in the record and the, in the stat sheet because of the competition. Right. Being so much different. Uh, that's all the games we're going to cover today in this episode. We've got more to come later in the week. We'll cover every single game again. That is FPS versus FPS. Uh, before we head out, cousin Jared, any parting words? No, no parting words. Excited. The uh, college football season is here. Let's keep it going. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Remember to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find the one for baseball and college football. Uh, all that's on the website, www.pickstheprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is right into your feed. We'll see you again later this week for more college football betting content and all week for more MLB content. Until we see you again, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.